Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Overdrive Orchestra. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Chris, Adam, and Sean from the band Overdrive Orchestra. And I have fans, Denise and Mike. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. All right. right. Excellent. Doing good. Doing good. Excellent. So kind of want to start it off with um, a little bit of kind of the background of the band. So how long has Overdrive Orchestra been around and um, where are you guys based and kind of give into that uh, info? For sure. Uh, So we're from Heartland, Michigan. Uh, We can all we can all say that. And uh, at the moment, Adam and I live in Grand Rapids on the west side, and then Sean and Cam hold it down over on the east side, uh, around the uh, Howell area. Nice. And I should mention, there's uh, two other folks in the band, right? There's uh, James and Cameron, correct? Yes, is right. Yes. Uh, so James, our buddy JC at the moment, he is uh, on the west coast which is probably why he is not able to attend the meeting right now. He's probably working. Yeah. <laughs> he's in San Francisco, I believe. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's working out there right now. Uh, and then, yeah, Cam is uh, our drummer. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. And uh, just so everyone knows, like, so Chris, your guitars, vocals, Adam, your bass, I and Sean, your guitar as well, right? Yep. Absolutely. Cool. So, uh, Denise, Denise and Mike, how did you guys become fans of of the band? It's the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> we first heard um, they weren't a, the whole band yet, but uh, Adam and Chris got together in high school, and um, and I teach at the high school where they played, and uh-huh. uh, they played in like a battle of the bands type of event. So. Um, they had a different drummer and um, they started there. And then, um, so we've known them way back since high school when they started yeah. playing together. That was a Van Halen song too, yeah. actually. R.I.P. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Van Halen song for a, a talent show, I think in 10th grade or something like yeah. that. Me and Chris did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the other guys joined later. Um, I think Adam and, Adam and Chris went off to college and had a couple different drummers and a couple different things. And Sean um, stuck with them. Uh, well, Sean, Sean came in. I think were you guys out of college when Sean joined? Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah, was after college. Uh, yeah. So me and Chris moved out to Nashville, Tennessee, and had uh, a drummer out there, Jacob Dodson, who played on the song Parallel. Actually, oh, um, awesome. that was him playing drums on that one. Uh, so we recorded that song with him. Essentially, moved back to Michigan and met up with our old. Heartland High School, uh, I guess not Heartland High School, but um, was it Heartland Middle School alumni? Uh, <laughs> uh, it got him playing the guitar in the band. And then, um, yeah, he uh, had a friend named Cameron who happened to be really good at the drums. Yeah. And, uh, and a friend named JC, you might know him as James Blevins, who was really, really good at keyboard players. So we kind of met up with him, yeah, post, post our post Nashville stint, so to say. Yeah. And so you, you guys just, uh, I think it was right at the, the beginning of the year, February um, is when your full, the full length uh, Electric Mind album came out. Is that correct? That is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, second. O two O two twenty twenty. Yeah. 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 And then we had the pandemic and it's like, oh geez, what the heck? <laughs> felt like the next day too. Yeah. It was just oh, yeah. I felt like that. Yeah. So uh off the first song off of our spring tour, uh or the first show of our spring tour on my birthday, and then like two days later, no more shows. Oh man. Well, I uh I got the album, you know, when I when I saw that it was coming out, because uh, I actually saw you guys um, for the first time. I think it was Winter Beer Fest in 2019. Yeah, uh, yes. yeah. So that's when I became a fan. Um, and then I saw you had the album coming out, so I got that. And uh, you re- recently put it out on vinyl. Um, I I love this album. It's so good. Um, so many, so much. Um, there's so many different pieces to it. Um, and if I understand correctly, is it a concept album? It's the closest that we can get to one. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm curious, like, what is that story? What is the, the story behind the concept? Uh, basically, like, yeah, Adam and I go way back. We played in bands before Overdrive Orchestra. And so, like, we're just like, like <laughs> we had all the songs that we were working on. Uh, and then Sean and Cam and JC all went college together Uh they had like this other thing going on separate and uh we when we came together to start jamming once we moved back from nashville uh like we were doing all right as like a three-piece that had been like our our shtick for like six years absolutely we've gone through probably in those six years we might have had eight drummers uh, nine drummers (laughs) Uh, so it was essentially yeah just me and chris working it out as a three-piece and it was going pretty good. Yeah, we we got like really good at the at the power trio, mm-hmm. and then came back to Michigan. And all throughout this time, like I had like seen videos of Sean playing guitar, and I was like, oh, that's right. Like we didn't go to high school together. Like, like had I known, like damn. <laughs> and and then Sean and I finally played guitar together at a friend's birthday party, and it was like it was like this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what just happened? And uh, yeah, we just like went from there. So we became a four piece and uh, which was awesome, mm-hmm. like super cool. And then we kind of like groomed JC. I don't know if that's the proper term. <laughs> like, I, don't know I think that's proper connotation these days, but yeah, we, we, we courted him. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We played a bunch of, a bunch of shows in the middle of nowhere. Hell, Michigan. We played through right. Helen back a couple times with him and he, he, uh, it was, it was really great. So, um, I, time. yeah. So I guess to answer your question, the concept is electric mind is like, we are all, you know, we all have this spark of electricity in us, uh, right. that is consciousness or what, what, whatever, you know, whatever makes the human body tick. And we all kind of work together. Uh, and we had, I had an idea, he had an idea and we all kind of, um, this was like our first culmination of, um, electric rock instruments together as well. So it was just sort of like a, a way, it was like a giant, and the reason why it seems so cohesive, I think it's so much like a concept album, is because of the way we kind of just all just worked in on top of each other and just filled in all the right places. Um, and then I think the I think epilogue and the prologue part just kind of came out. Chris was, was uh, messing around and well, you can probably tell the story a little bit better, but he was, he was really able to kind of get all the ideas, the culmination of what it means to be, you know, uh, 
a human into this album and he was able to kind of transpose all those into one giant song at the end um yeah it just worked out worked out really well so it wasn't initially like chris said it, we it's as close to a concept album <laughs> could do um, yeah. but it was really just like a culmination of different ideas that we all have had yeah cool yeah epilogue came about because i with us being like the or- overdrive orchestra right they really wanted to play off the orchestra part because uh, we already do that, like how we stack the guitars mm-hmm. and everything. But I was like looking at it from a symphonic perspective. Yeah. Like, oh, a lot of these songs are in like either the same key or like the relative major or minor. Uh-huh. I was like, I might be able to like string the riffs together in like a logical fashion. Uh, yeah, you can definitely hear it in the in the um, the epilogue, you know. Cause that's, it's, that's really cool. And I, I definitely noticed that when I heard you guys live, um, how the guitars and everything, you guys have got this really cool layered sound, which uh, I think comes re- through really well on the album. So, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So it uh, looks like we have uh, another uh, fan that's joined. Uh, Jason, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm doing all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jason? What's up? <laughs> so, so Jason, how do you uh, how did you become a fan of uh, Overdrive Orchestra? Uh, well, me and uh, me and Sean were friends. We've been friends for about what almost eight years now. So that's really I how I got started. It, but yeah, right. It's really how I got started listening to it, and then just been listening ever since. My fiance is not here, but she is probably the biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> out of us but cool awesome and and welcome thank you um so we were just talking about the 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 full-length album uh electric mind um i love the song glass kingdom um that that's my favorite song on the whole album and uh just curious what what is the story behind that what was the inspiration that song uh is a special one on the album for sure Cameron, actually, our drummer, came up with that main guitar part. And it just, like, we all loved it, like, right off the bat. And it was, like, I feel like it doesn't always come, songs don't always come about that way. Yeah. Uh, But he just, like, had this idea, and we were all super inspired by it. Uh And then I went through uh, a breakup at the time. And I had actually been working on a bunch of songs separate from the band and I heard it and I was like, Ooh, that's like really good. And I'm really vibing with it. And so that got me to write the lyrics and, uh, flesh out the guitar part a little bit more. Uh still like keeping what he had. And then we had gotten together with Sean and came up with this really cool drum loop. And, uh, on like this old electronic drum set. Oh, really? Yeah, you can actually hear one of the samples uh, stayed in the final mix. Uh, That's cool. It's like where, like where the snare would be. Okay. Uh, it's a really interesting tone. Um, yeah, because you can hear kind of like a, a I don't want to say electronic uh, sound, but there is a sort of a synthy uh, backdrop to that song. So. Yeah. yeah. Almost like if, if it wasn't a rock song, it could almost be a hip hop song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah beat and yeah that, that was cool that was just like really like we didn't 
we have not done something like that. Yeah. I don't know if we'll do something like that again. Yeah, um, it was fun. JC too, really kind of, uh, and, and Sean, especially because me and Chris always come from this three piece background for so long. And all of a sudden we have these two other colors uh, to throw on there, so to speak. So just using the three primary now you got, and, and so and Sean just, and JC just really killed it with textures on that song too. He just made it nice and shimmery and just yes. uh, really sort of sealed the deal, I think on that one. Yes. It was pretty straightforward uh, in a lot of parts. And then um, between that and then yeah, Chris's Ebo part and that really kind of, it does. It's a really spacey song. Yeah, it's got a lot of emotion to it, um, definitely, lyrically and just context. Yeah. 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 I think everything just kept, like, more ideas just kept coming, and mm -hmm. we just ran with all of them because we had like that drum loop. So it was like we were, right. it was almost like a, a crutch, but we all <laughs> worked with it, and right. it was a post, and we were the vine growing. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. <laughs> Like a, a a hot plant just going crazy on the fence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, part of bands and bands is you know having fans ask questions and talk to the bands as well, not just have me uh, be the the talking person. Um, so, not to put anybody in the spot as far as fans, but you guys are welcome to throw in some questions, and I'll start with uh, Denise and Mike. Do you guys have any questions? Um, each of the band members. Can you tell me your favorite song to play? Ooh. Of our own or anything? Anything. anything. That's a good one. It is a good, is one. A good one. We play a game I, every show where we all say our favorite song of the night, and I will tell you mine has really been the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's if if, if it comes down to our music, I would say it depends on the night and the performance i'll have a different opinion there but just in general i really like playing um music by all them witches yeah oh cool i would agree with that very much so repping their shirt i don't know <laughs> oh yeah nice i'm gonna i'm gonna fanboy over here i'm a fan with a band and it's all that <laughs> <laughs> awesome my favorite song of ours to play always varies and it, nowadays it seems to be release most of the time. I really like that song is so fun. And it's funny because that song took the longest for me to be comfortable with. And every night I would say that was my least favorite song. And it's, it's <laughs> never to find my way through that song and less is more on that one. I was just kept overplaying and overplaying on that and uh, dialed it back a little bit and really found a nice groove on that one. So release is always really fun for me to play in our songs. Uh, and as far as, in general, you know, I love playing our own our own music. That's why I do it. So I might release. I no quarter by Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. I awesome. love playing that song. Uh, those two, those two seem to be my favorites of any given night. If I play any of those two on a night, that's usually my favorite of the night. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Chris, did we get yours? Oh man, <laughs> I have to say, release is a great choice. That is a yeah. great choice. Um, release is the long one. It is. The it long, is yeah, yeah, the psychedelic harmonica solo at the end. That's right, Craig yeah. Griffith. Yeah, Craig Griffith of the Verpipe and many other projects just tearing it up on that harp. Yeah. Um, I might have to say Harvest might be my pick because uh, I don't have to work as hard on that song that's kind of a selfish choice 
<laughs> but I I get to take a little bit more of a backseat on that song for the majority of it. Um, and it's kind of a a two in one because we've been playing those two songs back to back. So mm-hmm. I don't have to pick release, but I also really enjoy playing that song. <laughs> we usually do them back to back because it, it sounds so good on the album. So we just do it live, but we do it more, uh, more cohesively. It's less two songs and kind of just one mm-hmm. really fun time. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah. We were very intentional with the placement of the songs on the album. So live, a lot of times we do have these two songs that just work so well together and release and harvest are definitely those mm-hmm. nice uh jason you got any questions for the for these guys uh i mean i didn't come prepared with one but if i <laughs> i'll piggyback off that not your favorite yeah. song to play or anything like that but your favorite just album in general yours or or, or otherwise Ooh. oh my goodness <laughs> that's that's another good one it's, it's always fun to hear what people's influences are and what they what they got into and and I know it changes all the time favorite albums but yeah so I guess right yeah. now what it is <laughs> yeah mine has actually been the same probably since I've been fourteen uh, so half of my life my favorite album has been Ten Thousand Days by a Tool oh awesome yeah I love that album I think from start to finish it does what they do the best uh in the shortest amount of time as they possibly could <laughs> so the whole length of the album but yeah. they yeah they i like and especially justin chancellor as a bass player he's always pushing the envelope on what can be done and on that specifically uh he he really blew my mind on what the bass can and cannot do in a song and he proved that there's nothing that it cannot do so. <laughs> nice I would have to say Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age. That's yeah, probably good... like start to finish. Yeah. Like I can always listen to that album, always have a good time. And it never seems to get old for me. I love that. So yeah, that is a great album. I love that one too. Solid. I might have to say um, it's a toss up for me between Houses of the Holy and Ooh, that was, I was going to say that. <laughs> That was up there for me. <laughs> I no joke. Hell yeah! Awesome. I, I don't know which one I would choose. Uh, I guess it it more depends on who I'm talking to because I feel like phys- physical graffiti is like a cop out because it's a double album. There's so much material. <laughs> not be your favorite. It's just it's a numbers game. It is a numbers game. But also, if we're talking like single LP side a and b like house of the holy gets my vote awesome awesome uh so um denise and and mike what are your favorite albums well electric mind is one of my favorite albums awesome (laughs) i was gonna say that yeah that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) i like the live one better yeah Yes. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take. It's a hot nice. take. Listen to Yeah. And uh, Jason, how about you? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know if you can put me on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> With your own question. With my own Damn question. You. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think if I go back to nostalgia, it's it's probably Tommy. 
Oh, awesome. who, just growing up with my dad always listened to that. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan. Good pick. Yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. Great. Awesome. That's that's a great question. Uh do you guys uh, so Denise, Mike, any other questions? Yeah. So of all the venues you've played, which one is either the most memorable or the one you like the most? Ooh, of all the venues. Mm. You know, I used to work at Founders Brewing Company and work the shows there. So uh, playing essentially not my own stage, but the stage that I you know worked with and and mm-hmm. put on shows on every night, being able to play that that with all you know my coworkers and all my friends and whatnot. It's just a very interactive stage. So I always enjoyed when we would play there, which is a big reason why we chose to record the live album there. Not only does it have good sound quality, but just the vibe there, um, the crowd. You know, the artist to crowd uh, experience is totally there. Nothing really separates, you know, the, the band from the from the fun. So, yeah. Nice. I think for me, it's a toss up between Founders or the Blind Pig. Um, just the atmosphere at both of those places is always pretty electric. And I think some of our best performances have been at Founders and at the Blind Pig. So, And there's so much history at the Blind Pig, too. I mean, it's really hard to beat just the feel when you walk in that place. So that would be my picks. It was certainly the loudest of your concerts. (laughs) (laughs) Was. Yes. Far and away the loudest. Everybody knows louder is more better. So (laughs) it worked out. I would uh, have to agree with Adam with founders. Uh, I would say, I would say that's my most memorable, but I can't say that because the last time we played there, I was really sick. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't really remember the show at all. Yeah, you have little to no That I was like the sickest I've ever been in like the pre-COVID world. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Don't call, don't call it COVID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was but, really close. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the live show or the live record that we have is is great um i remember all of that that was a fun time and uh other venues honorable honorable mention to the pyramid scheme in grand rapids as well oh yeah i love that place too you know that was a super fun show really fun every yeah Yeah. love that place yeah we uh we played the orbit room before it shut down so that's like kind of cool i guess yeah <laughs> with saving able with saving able yeah oh nice yeah i saw uh clutch there nice yeah it was pretty fun yeah uh so i was thinking of you know when chris and you were talking about remembering well all of you when you're talking about re- remembering shows um and i've i've listened to some other interviews where some artists you know and i know this uh personally myself sometimes when you're playing music it's it's this um you're 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 very mindful of the music and the not so much thinking about your performance but just you're in the music and that's what consumes your mind um so when you're at a show are you do you feel present uh, with the people there or do you feel the music kind of becoming you become the music and you just like when you get off the stage you're like what just happened we just you know played for an hour but i don't really remember it I would say um, there's definitely times where you are like riding the high of mm-hmm. the concert and you get off stage and you're like, whoa, 
<laughs> like you obviously just did that and it was awesome, but it's also kind of a blur. Yeah. Uh, and that's like best case scenario. Then you have like what I did at Founders last time. <laughs> we played the show by all accounts. It was great. I had a terrible time. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> like, everybody was there. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh man, it was our little release party, and it was just like, we did it. Yeah, but, but, that's good that you persevered. I persevered. I had to. I'm not. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. But man, it's the closest I've ever gotten. I was like, dude, oh. I don't know if I can do it. And I was like, I got to do it. Look at all those people out there. You just got to do it, man. Right, right. Had a pitcher of water on the stage. I was good. <laughs> so uh, I was curious about, also about um, the creative process. Since you guys are kind of spread apart, um, what? Uh, how do, do you, um, you know, back in the day, bands would get together in the jam rooms, you know, kind of flesh out ideas. Are you more the new school thing where somebody comes up with the riff and um, kind of trade the uh, the sound file through the internet and develop that way, or is it a combination of those two methods? I would say it's a combination. It's a combination. Um, I'm more so the old school guy myself, where it's like, yeah, I can write down something until like all day long, and it sounds cool on this computer, and then I just like all of a sudden I'm playing it in that room, and I was like, you know what? this doesn't have the energy that I was looking for, you know, so Mm -hmm. probably more so where I would say that I would say everyone else is well more, I'm way more balanced than I am. I'm definitely the, the old school. Uh, It's almost, yeah, it's almost a problem. Not quite yet. (laughs) I just got a recording interface (laughs) and stuff so I can get back into flushing out some demos and stuff. But yeah. yeah. It's definitely a and quicker process to get yeah ideas across mm-hmm. with sound files. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that. We've embraced that more, um, but we I think we all prefer yeah to jam yeah. Uh, we we try to get together at least once a month. Yeah, bi monthly usually is what what ends up happening. Yeah, and it gives us time to kind of get get these ideas brewing in our heads, and then we'll meet up and hash them out and some of them work and some of them don't you remember you go back and do it again in two weeks once you had more time to let things simmer you know yeah yeah so since the pandemic has kind of shut down shows and all that stuff have you um i I haven't seen that you have but and maybe i missed it but um are you doing any kind of live live streaming shows or have you thought about doing that kind of um show to the camera thing so we we did do a live stream show um back in september mm-hmm. yeah september labor day weekend uh like right before it we did a it was our first endeavor and and how what was, how was the experience for you guys it was uh fun it but like it was also, practice it was also yeah weird because we had some people in the room with us mm-hmm. and they were all having a good time but yeah it was like us playing to like four more people yeah it was it was very much like a band practice so it, it was fun and for yeah. sure on our end and we got to do some fun stuff we brought in um my buddy blake merkel who uh, runs mandrick music out in grand rapids michigan if you guys are looking for a guitar shameless promotion check him out if you're looking for an amp shameless promotion check out mandrick <laughs> um, but we hired him to do some cool lights um oh, which cool. sometimes are kind of weird to do live mm-hmm. situation because you got to be careful where the crowd is and where these go. So we did get to do some of the old school Woodstock style 
you know, the, the, with the opaque projector and the oil and water. Um, oh, that, awesome. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, so we did get to, you know, dip our feet a little bit in special effects uh, <laughs> because it was a live stream, but Oh, all in all, it is what it is. It's, it's, I feel like it's a band aid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've watched a few different shows, either local and, uh, and I don't know how the hell I missed yours, but, uh, yeah, that's, it's a little bit strange because you sometimes wonder like if, well, I can't imagine that there's the energies there for you, um, yeah, without having a crowd. So it would be yeah, hard. Adam put it best. I think he, when he said it, it's like band practice, you know, it just really kind of feels, I mean, it's fun because we always yeah. have fun when we're out together, but it, there's an energy when there's people that are reacting to your music right in front of you and you can react to what they're giving back to you. And uh, it's just kind of gone when you're doing live performances, but uh, if you missed it, it is on YouTube. So you can look Oh, cool. Up. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll go check it out then. That'll be fun. Um, so I kind of want to go back into like a little bit of the, um, your origins um as far as who are your like if you had to pick one person as your musical idol um that you that influenced you who who would that be and i'll I'll pick on sean first hmm oh man right off the bat i mean that's <laughs> changed certainly throughout the ages yeah um i picked up a guitar first because of dimebag daryl oh cool uh, and pantera but when uh he um was killed on stage and the guitar world put out a like a memorial issue about him that was when i first was learning and i remember buying that magazine and mm -hmm. flipping through the pages and like oh who's this guy with the red beard you know starting to listen to pantera and then like checking out tabs and learning how to play pantera so that was my formative years on guitar were actually pretty heavily rooted in that kind of heavy metal sound um but nowadays you know, I'm going to keep it straight with my favorite album. I'm just going to go with Joshua Homme and uh, his guitar playing, his uh, his riffs and his early days in Caius are like, I'm just so enjoying them right now. Yeah. Um, and his, you know, songwriting ability. I mean, I'm sure everybody else in the band right now is jealous that I took him away from their answer. <laughs> 16 years not. old, just coming out with these monster riffs. I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Uh, so uh, Adam. Yeah. Um, musically, it, it's, it's hard to say, you know, reason why I play bass is more so because I just like feel the pulse. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where I've always gravitated towards. So on that front, the person who I guess inspires me the most on that would be, as I kind of noted earlier, Justin Chancellor from Tool. Um, I, I would have to say, he is my most, as far as creativity goes, um, I would say absolutely. As far as songwriting goes, that's like a completely different can of worms. Mm -hmm. And I might have to go with something like Frank Zappa or something like that right now, just because he's so, he's so out there and he's not afraid to take risks and it's always yeah. cool every time somehow. Um, and I just really appreciate that. And there's obviously outstanding musicianship, but it's just like the songwriting and the process and how he wrote it is just mind boggling to me right now. So as though I have to give you two answers because they're two different things. There you go. Why so, not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I call my own shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I might have to give you a double answer too. Jimmy page always like from a guitar perspective. Uh, I've always liked what he's done. Um, but 
I would say who's like inspired me the most, like in recent times, I would say Frank Ocean. And I know he's primarily a singer, but mm -hmm. I know he knows music. He, how could he not? Blonde is a phenomenal album. Nostalgia Ultra is a cool mixtape. Obviously, everybody knows Channel Orange, but wow. <laughs> Candy, I want the vinyl. It's so expensive because everybody knows how good it is. <laughs> and I don't like that I'm priced out. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh another question i was thinking of um when you guys were talking about music and the um y you know the the writing process that do you when you're when you're creating music uh do you envision uh landscapes i mean is it a process of thinking of a theme uh, when you're building a, a song um, that you want to convey an emotive theme or do you get some kind of visualization in your mind of where you want the song to go and then you start building upon that? Great question. I think it depends a little bit. Yeah, I sure. It's not, it's never the same. Emotive I, like themes seem to be what we build out like musically and mm -hmm. seem to be added. If we're just to like, if I was to give you like a generalization and say, if we had to pick one way to do it every time, that's probably mm -hmm. how we do it. But it does change. Mm -hmm. I think Last Kingdom, you mentioned that song earlier. That song, I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that feels like I'm like sitting on a beach and there's like an ocean ru rushing up against me. And that mm -hmm. sort of, I think, uh, you know, I, everyone else felt that way too. And that kind of, you can hear that in, in the soundscape of that song a little yeah. bit. I think... It, it, it always starts with the music. There's very few times, unless it's like an acoustic song uh, in nature, and I'm not, I'm not including Glass Game in that, even mm -hmm. though it's acoustic. Uh, it's hard to come up with the music and the lyrics at the same time. Yeah. That happens every now and again. Um, it's, it's always the instruments first. Mm -hmm. And yeah, probably. Chris writes all the lyrics as well, so. Um... He doesn't really get any any help on that end. Sorry, Chris. No, it's okay. So, so uh, <laughs> a lot of times when it comes to songwriting too, it's not like he'll show us lyrics, but it's never be like, "Hey, let's write a song about my lyrics today." You know, he doesn't have that kind of ego. So, yeah. it, it usually lyrics are seem to be the last thing added. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. cool. Uh, so, do you remember your the very first uh, concert that you went to, and uh, what was that? My first concert was Aerosmith with Joan Jett opening. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, it was cool. I was like, you know, super young and it was awesome. I was like, live music's cool. Uh, yep. Cool. Uh, um, mine was Peter Frampton, uh, at really? Pine Knob. Yep with my dad my dad took me to see peter frampton um it was right after he put out i think it was what is it the fingerprints album where he does the black hole sun yeah, cover hole sun cover yeah that's awesome yep he was touring i think those mostly those tunes but man he could just rip and when i saw i mean it, that guy could play i mean it was, yeah. it was to this day probably one of my favorite concerts i've ever been to just because of those early memories with my dad but also because i mean that that guy can really play. Yeah, yeah. Adam, how are you? Oh man, my first concert 
was DC Talk in 1998 on the Supernatural tour. <laughs> was, awesome. Was, I think I was seven years old. I'm, I might have been, I, no, I had to have been seven at the time. And I called in the radio station and I won the tickets. So me and my dad went and uh, I, I remember being so afraid of all these stories. My dad was telling me on the way there about how he saw Kiss and how his ears were like bleeding afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> got so freaked out. I just went in there and I was just like already overwhelmed. Uh, I'm not going to say I cried the whole time, but <laughs> I don't think I had as good of a time as people should at their first concert experience, especially when they choose to do that for a living, you know, in the rest of their life. They, that's what they want to do. I don't think I had the best first experience. It was, I don't think it was even loud, to be completely honest. I think I was just afraid. that's awesome uh so uh jason what was your first show you went to oh geez uh this is actually it doesn't align with uh with the music we're talking about but i never really went to concerts when i was younger okay so my first show was actually a country concert cool uh kenny chesney I think Old Dominion opened. It, was, it wasn't too long ago. It was only like a couple of years ago. But yeah, I never went to really live music a lot. Yeah, that's cool, though. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Denise and Mike, how about you guys? All right. I guess I'm supposed to go first. My first concert was the Doobie Brothers, if I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Not, yes. Yeah, Pine Knob. Not that's right. Yeah, Pine here. Knob on the hill. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Mike, how about you? Six at Air Conditioned Como Arena. Nice. <laughs> I forgot Very the nice. album now. It was the first album. Their their main. I think it was six. Yeah. Oh wow! Cool. Awesome. I think it was seventy-seven. Nice. Uh. Cool. I'll go to uh, Coba Hall for our first record. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, yeah. They still had shows there. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Denise, Mike, do you guys have any other questions for the band? When's the new album come out? <laughs> I was afraid this question was going to come up. Uh, it just what? did. Yeah. It just, <laughs> How's the new album coming? How's that? <laughs> All right. I have, how about, um, do you guys have any plans for, I know COVID put, puts a big damper on things, but any type of outside show event that you could do and keep uh, social distancing safe somehow? Well, to answer that question, I'd like to ask you another question. Mm-hmm is when do you think the American public will be able to uh, handle basic safety rules? Um, So I kind of got to play by ear a little bit on that one for sure, because it's hard to do it. Even if you do it correctly, um, it's easy for it to just backfire on you. So uh, there are no plans right now, unfortunately. There are no plans. Live streaming seems to be the most i guess the next most possible performance but uh yeah unfortunately nothing on on the live music front right now yeah so i guess we can start working on that new <laughs> album yeah <laughs> we kind of have we kind of have we don't want to we've been giving away too much we've, but 
We've been jamming. There's some there's some songs there. I mean, it's it's the it's the circle, you know. You mm-hmm. finish the record, and then you're like, all right, I got all these new ideas. Mm-hmm. Now that the la- the other ideas are finally done, yeah, just yeah. wait till you hear the next the next batch. <laughs> and everybody's hearing songs that came out in February, but we've been recording those songs for three years and playing them in bars and at venues. So we've had them for three years already. So. You know, it, it's kind of like everybody's like one album behind when you're in a band, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true because, um, you know, there's a lot of development process. You know, you're you're writing and then honing them and, and getting them ready. So by the time they're on an album and we're in and the fan is enjoying it, you guys are like, Phew, man, that's like ancient history to us. So, <laughs> yeah. well, it's cool that you're, I mean. Luckily, I, the muscle memory's there yeah. at that point. <laughs> it's hard to mess it up yeah we, d- we definitely don't really have to practice the old material which is nice mm-hmm. we just like play it because we want to yeah uh but yeah we're, we're jamming um we brought a couple songs to the table a couple band practices ago and we got a bunch of digital files going and we've got we've been recording all our practices and stuff too so uh to answer your question uh mike we do have some <laughs> music planned ahead and uh we'll, we'll be releasing it before you know it yeah uh, I, I, to give you a year even would be foolish yeah <laughs> no no deadlines no deadline yeah yeah, yeah Until we can play in front of people again yeah we really have no reason to get this out and about because you know people listen to music on spotify and whatnot but uh, you know, we really want to be playing shows to help plug this album, mm-hmm. the next album. So yeah, right. And you know, it had been a long time since we had like a full length album mm-hmm. before Electric Mind. So mm-hmm. uh, we can kind of ride the wave, so to speak. It's a smaller wave than it was, mm-hmm. uh, but we're riding it. And um, yeah, we'll get. We're just giving it time the new stuff to to just like come together organically it's a totally different process now that we've all been in the band mm-hmm. like it's oh right we brought the last batch of songs together absolutely uh it's we're, we're like working on them pretty much from the ground up like there are just like how i write the lyrics by myself i've been putting together like as good of demos as i can mm-hmm. of ideas and then i send it to the guys and we can like swap out like a drum loop with actual drums and get ideas that way um but then we like really hash them out out of practice and then that like becomes a new thing mm-hmm. so like at, the, at this point the demos are like there is like a reference mm-hmm. but we've we've started jamming them which it feels really good mm-hmm. um and uh yeah just totally new new direction you know if you want more of electric mind like you'll you'll get like the feel I'm not going to tell you you're going to get like the same songs again. <laughs> uh, it's cool. It's really cool. And then, yeah, it's a fun process to, to work with the guys from start to finish. It is. Um, yeah. It, it even goes as far as like last time we had songs almost done in our minds, like all the ideas were there and we just needed our friends to kind of like play on top of them and do their thing. And yeah. obviously some things changed along the ways, but with this new stuff, um, it's very much like, that's extreme example. I have this one song I've been working on and I'm like all day long, we'll play it this one way. And then next week I was like, okay, now we're going to try it the complete opposite way. You know what I'm saying? And just, so it's like, but just beat it, beat it to death until like something 
feels right or till, till something gives and, and gives the way that you want it to. And because yeah. we have so much time right now, we've absolutely been able to like, like just, yeah, build songs from the ground up that are awesome, you know? So hopefully it will be um, another level uh, of, of songwriting processes for or songwriting experiences for yeah. you guys. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jason, do you have any questions for these guys? Yeah, actually I was thinking about one for all, and I'm sorry if you guys talked about this before I got in, but I've known Sean for all these years, but I've never asked him, uh, how'd you guys come up with the name overdrive orchestra? Well, that's before my time. So I figured, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering the same thing. That would go back. Uh, it's really when we started playing with uh, with Max, mm -hmm. um, who was on our our first recordings when yeah. we were still in college. Um, we, you know, we were the power trio thing, but we really liked um, the. We just re really appreciate the layering of of the instruments. Uh, so that was, I think, where the orchestra part came from. Mm -hmm. But we also wanted to convey that, like, we're we're gonna play loud rock music. Like, don't. Yeah, we like, debated the name Overdrive actually at first. Was the first, uh, I think, the very first name that either me or Chris liked. Chris suggested, like, how about how about the name Overdrive? Uh, it, it seemed really cool. I was like, just I felt like I needed something else. I was like, Overdrive. It's just, it's like, it's just so vague. You know, like it, it just sounded almost like radio rock. So I was like, you need something else because there's going to be some intricacies to our music. And <laughs> we were playing with a, a keyboard player intermittently at the time too. Keys mm -hmm. has always been something we wanted to do, just weren't able to find the right person to make it happen until we met uh, JC. But I, we kind of just took, yeah, just took the idea of, of rock and roll and in harmony. And I think even from the beginning, Chris had this harmonist pedal made by Boss, which is pretty cool. And um, <laughs> because we just had the one guitar thing, we would just try and make it sound like a wall of guitars, you know, so just <laughs> that whole orchestra thing going. Yeah. And then you can imagine to my relief when Sean joined the band. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that paddle nearly as much. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's, it's cool. It's yeah. Like we, the alliteration rolled off the tongue. The alliteration was nice. It was yeah, a pain it was, for the Twitter handle. It was a pain for the Twitter handle. <laughs> we recently finally just yeah. said, F it and yeah, <laughs> just like abbreviated, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny how you have to think of those things now. Like, uh, I've got to worry about the name as far as the social media or you know, mm -hmm. domain name or whatever. So, a weird, yeah, the name came out like right when Twitter was starting to pop off, too. So, <laughs> Twitter was not something we thought about at all. <laughs> I don't think it would still be something we think about to this day. Probably. I don't think yeah. about Twitter, but once a week. I thought about it three times already today. Wow. Wow. That's enough. <laughs> Year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's how it came about. And then it kind of just, uh, it, it makes more sense now than ever. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought when we, when we named ourselves? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, so I was curious, um, um, and I just lost my train of thought. Uh, Oh yeah. So um if you guys were um able to travel, so right now travel is like kind of a bummer right now. It's so really can't go anywhere. 
Um, but if you could travel anywhere um, right now, where would you go? Hmm. Um, I can actually answer this question because when COVID first all happened, uh, like literally we were going like a hundred miles an hour, it felt like, and just stopped. Like yeah. not only did live music stop, but like I got let go from my day job. Uh, and so like, it just like all happened because of the virus. And, uh, you know, you could argue that's my fault for choosing professions uh that that happened but also everybody i talked to was like i had no idea like if you're you're a bartender you're a yep. musician like mm-hmm. he, you know it was wild um we thought about going to uh new zealand my partner and i um oh, cool. she had almost gone a couple of years ago and we were like at the very beginning of the tour just like casually talking she's like ah i i never did go and like uh the time to get a a work visa was like running out yeah um and i was like you could still do it like you got like a year and a half like whenever we were talking about it and uh and then yeah everything came to a close we're like let's just get out of here like this is this is terrible right Uh, and clearly all the borders (laughs) so yeah (laughs) but i would go to new zealand that would be really really cool and just like change it up um I was also set to go. We were going to go on a trip to uh, the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yeah. And that would have been at like the end of April. So it was like we were just about there. Yeah. And the world that, came to stop. So I guess that's still technically doable. I mean, you can actually get there, but news would be tough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about flying yet. Yeah, but, true. Uh, I will say I'm driving. I'm going on a trip in uh, just a couple of days, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to head down to uh north carolina it's nice like far. yeah swing through tennessee on the way i haven't nice. been there in a couple of years cool uh, where, are you, where are you going to north carolina i'm gonna go to Asheville. i just went there yeah yeah it was it, really cool it seems if you like if you like beer they have some great breweries down there excellent <laughs> you like beer uh awesome. yeah we're gonna be doing that and swinging through nashville and big surprise oh cool uh just worked out the, with the rhyming you know mm-hmm. but uh but yeah that'll be that'll be fun doing that for a couple of days and then nice but yeah i would say anywhere in new zealand but it is nice that i feel like i'll let you guys take the question from here but mm-hmm. i feel like we've all been able to get out at least in our beautiful state of michigan yeah i do appreciate this state more than ever mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah it's been nice yeah I've been going on walks every single day for sure. Uh, been finding a lot of uh, nice fungus lately. <laughs> up and eating it. I found some lion's mane uh, yesterday. Wow. Really yeah, really nice. I found some chicken of the woods earlier this year. So that's been fun foraging and all that. Uh, yeah. But as traveling goes, um, because I get you know a good amount of like woods and lakes here in Michigan, yep. uh, I don't get as mountains. So I would have to say, if I was going anywhere in the whole world, I'd probably have to say Italy or Switzerland right now. Cool. On the mountains. Um, Italy more for the weather and and Switzerland a little bit more for the sights. Um, But yeah, one of the, either of those places go hang out in the mountains for a while. I would, uh, I'd be beside myself. Yeah. Northern Italy is, is super cool. Yeah. By the, in the Alps there. So 
exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep, somewhere in the Alps. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Sean? Uh, probably. I spent a summer in France in high school, and I've always been kind of dying to go back. Um, but it's it was sort of either between the south of France or um, maybe the UK. I've never been to the UK. There's a lot of cool stuff up there, a lot of history that I would oh, love yeah. to see in my lifetime. So uh, it's probably between those two spots. Cool. Yeah, Scotland's awesome. That's absolutely the UK. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Jason, where would you go if you could travel right now? Well, I was gonna say New Zealand, but Chris. Kind of <laughs> The, those Lord of the Rings movies, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but if, if I could do another one, I think I would want to go to Iceland. Oh yeah, that was cool. yeah. One of my old coworkers went there a couple of years ago, and it was just like gorgeous out there. He just basically just took a van, drove all around the country, and that'd be just great. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'd like to do that. Uh, Denise and Mike, where do you, where do you guys want to go? Well, we just went to Keweenaw Peninsula. Oh, when'd you go? All the way, past Carper Harbor. When, last week. Last week. Oh, I, I was up there the first weekend of October. Nice. Did you get any Uper lights? I, we did. We found one, like without the <laughs> flashlight. Totally just like, really? yeah. Um, so a friend of ours um, loaned us the, he's the, so his name's Jay Clancy. He's, um, he owns a, a cognition brewing in Ishpeming. Anyway, we met up with him and he gave us his his light. But um, before that, like we had that light, but then we were out on a beach. Um, i trying to remember where that was. Oh, it was uh, Presqu'ile um, over by Antonagon um, and uh, Porky's. Anyway, uh, we just walk on this beach. We saw he had a rock that we could, oh, maybe these are the the rocks. And we were just picked up like, uh, each of us grabbed, I don't know, fistfuls of these rocks. We came back and we were just kind of doing a drinking game where you'd kind of flash the light on it, see if there we got one. And we did get one, so it was fun. <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, uh, where would you like to go? Because uh, you just did that trip, or where would you like to go now? Well, we had a trip planned to Scotland in the spring. Oh. But that got canceled. Yeah. So... If so, nowhere. Yeah. So if you could go now, you yeah. would go there then, out to Scotland. Where were you, where were you planning to go in Scotland? Starting in Edinburgh, um, we have a nephew that is working for Edinburgh University right now. Cool. So he was going to kind of take us around and show us the town. And mm -hmm. um, we were taking my mom with us. She's eighty three, and we were going to take her because she wanted to go see him as well. Yeah. Um, and then we were going to take a just kind of go take take a tour and go up into the highlands and um isle of sky and yeah. just uh try to see as much of scotland as we could and we we're gonna go for two weeks awesome. so we we're just trying to you know do the big chunk of scotland and you know uh just do as much as we could with you know just it's, see all the sites remember it's a country but it's about the size of michigan yeah <laughs> yeah um so if you're interested i've been uh there twice so if you need the oh. info just let me know because nice. i've I, I went there to buy my kilt so nice. <laughs> the, tartan. the tartan that's true 
So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, my, my other place for travel for Scotland, if, if it wasn't for the nephew there, I probably wouldn't have chosen that. Although it sounded like fun is, um, Alaska's on my bucket list. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, I, I really would like to go there someday. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As soon as, you know, as soon as the, the, the plague well, is lifted, we'll be back sure you know, so. running around, going to shows and jamming and having good times. So, right, right. yeah. So guys, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to talk with me. It's been fantastic. Um, I, I've got one uh, controversial question to, to kind of wrap things up. Um, and that is pineapple or no pineapple on the pizza. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll st- I'll, you're going with pineapple. I'm yeah. I'm not going to lie. I just, I, oh. love, I don't, I don't know why it's so weird. I like pineapple on a pizza. If you don't, that's fine. I love pineapple on pizza as well. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> tomato and pineapple thing. It's like been in salsa for generations. <laughs> no one talks anything about it. People can't seem to comprehend tomato and pineapple together because there's cheese and everyone knows cheese just makes things better. Sean, <laughs> uh, what do you think? Uh, apparently this is a really controversial question um i don't think it's my first my first pizza that i would order but if i'm getting two pizzas the second one's probably got pineapple on it yeah all right all right uh yeah absolutely (laughs) it's definitely not not an option i go to but like if it's there i'll eat it if that's an option you know i'll i'll have i'm not a big uh you know you can't do this so right yeah (laughs) And uh, Denise and Mike, what do you guys think? If it's pizza and it's, I'll eat it. I don't care what's on it, except for maybe anchovies <laughs> and green olives. Other than that, um, I'll eat it on pizza. Yep. Awesome. Take it off. Take it off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, There's the one. Yeah. Like, take it off. Uh, well, I was going to say, Mike, I'm with you because pineapple, it just sounds like a sacrilege, but, you know, pizza's <laughs> awesome, so. I would probably pick it off, but anyway. So guys, thanks again. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time um, and love the album. And uh, I got it on my Spotify list. Um, I listen to it, you know, at least once a week and hopefully more and more people will be listening to it. So anyway, dig it. Thank you guys again. Thank you thanks so much. Thanks for doing this. All right. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks again to Chris, Adam, and Sean from Overdrive Orchestra. And fans, Denise, Mike, and Jason, for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. Go check out Electric Mind by Overdrive Orchestra. It is a wonderful and emotive rock album that I'm sure you will love. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industry such as music. Your support of live streaming events, purchasing music and merchandise is critical. If you can help your local artists, please do. If you are in Michigan, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>